0: Welcome to Sundays at Coastal. The curtain is torn, the stone has been rolled away, and Jesus is no longer in the tomb. How mighty is His love that not even death could contain it. Jesus chose to endure not only the physical pain of the cross, but the spiritual anguish of being forsaken by God. His motivation in all of this was you. He has conquered death and offers you life.
1: He is risen! Oh, it is so good to see you guys. So many of you haven't seen you for like 10 years. This stupid pandemic. Oh, I'm so glad to see you. Welcome. Happy Easter. And for all those who have been dragged here against your will, we love you. And we hope that you feel welcome this morning. Let me share with you three things that we believe. We see this in the story of Scripture. We see this. We say this every week because we forget. But this is what we're about at this church. Number one, there is always hope beyond our brokenness. If you were looking for a perfect church, this ain't it. Um, I wrecked it the moment I walked in the door this morning. Uh, All of us have messed up problems, and and this is not a place to pretend that you're perfect. This is a place where you get healed and restored because there's nothing in your life that God cannot resurrect because He is risen. (laughs) Amen. Oh, put some pepper on that, okay? Come on, yo, it's Easter. Second, we believe that there's, we get to trust in our risen Lord, and Jesus is alive, present here in worship, in our midst, in our heart, through the Holy Spirit, and you and I get to trust Him together, not perform, not pretend, not pick the white picket fence of our reputation, not even use Christianese, you know, oh, no, I'm too blessed to be distressed. Hogwash, we're distressed <laughs> all the time, Right? Trust is this amazing roller coaster ride with we actually put the weight of our soul in his capable hands and it works it works god resurrects us and finally you and I get to bring restoration we get to be a part of people's resurrection story in their lives And so we do that in a myriad of ways at this church. Next week, we're going to be receiving change for a dollar again. And what that is, we put our pocket change in in, in a bucket. And we started that, I don't know, five, six years ago. There was like $92 the first weekend. The last time we did it two weekends ago, there was over $2,000 in that bucket. Where we're transforming people's lives that do not go to this church just with your generosity. And that's just one of a dozen things that we do, from helping people in Guadalupe who grow our food, who need food, we provide food for them, to loving junior hires who are molting as human beings, right? (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, on and on, the list goes, but that's what we believe as a church. So we say this together every week because this is what we believe. Let's read this together. We are disciples who walk intentionally with God. Therefore, I choose to be changed by Jesus. I choose to seek Jesus first. And I choose to join Jesus in his resurrection work. Today, the power of fear is destroyed. Today, the power of sin is obliterated. Our shame is erased. Our sins are forgiven. Our future is no longer the horror of us trying to keep everything together by ourselves all the time. Someone say amen. amen. Our past is no longer regrets of how we've royally screwed up. Broken relationships now can be reconciled. Resentments and divisions now can finally be healed. Death is defeated today because he's risen. He's risen. <laughs> That's right. Your heavenly father loves you and he's adopted you into his family because he adores you. You were not on sale in California. Right? Right? He chose you individually, specifically, and for all of those who, who, who once lived in Bakersfield and now live here, you know this deep in your bones. And for the three people that know lived in Oildale, you know this even deeper in your bones. You are loved. And if you're in Bakersfield right now, come, God have mercy on you, come out of Egypt. You are no longer defined by your mistakes. You are no longer defined by what has happened to you, the ways that people have ab- uh, abandoned you and burned you and, and abused you. That is not who you are anymore. And all of the depths of your scars and pain are met with all of the depths of God's suffering, redeeming, faithful love for you. Amen? Yes. You have won the cosmic lottery, baby! Yes. All the riches of heaven not only wait for you for all eternity, but that eternity begins now. Heaven, eternal life, has broken through the veil and has entered into this place. And through the Holy Spirit, God is making you more and more and more alive each and every day. You begin to have new loves and new desires and new hopes. This purpose that you have in your life that you once thought, oh, I derailed my life. I can never get back there. Baloney. God has given you a purpose and a plan for something beautiful, that you would be the instruments of his redemption, the tools that he used to bring life and hope to this weary world. And God will use that no matter what has happened to you and no matter what you have done. Amen? And God, the author of your life, the perfecter of your faith, knows every single need you have. God is scheming, planning, working right now to bless you, to help you, to meet you, to love you. God has an amazing future for you, an amazing present for you right now. Today is Easter. Today we dance. Today we celebrate because He is risen. He is risen. Oh, and I love today because today is not about rehabilitation. Today is not about resuscitation. Today is about resurrection. You remember that horrible moment a couple of years ago when Notre Dame, Notre Dame, burned? Remember this? There's that slide John. There it is. Right? A couple of years later, it's been three years. now it's being rebuilt. right? There it is being rebuilt. OK? Our problem is much worse than a fire, okay? We're not just scorched and needed of a new roof. We're dead, and we need brand new life. Resurrection is when someone who is thoroughly dead becomes thoroughly alive because a brand new life has been created out of nothing with them. So when our boys, the remaining disciples, male disciples, woke on Easter morning, every single one of them was terrified of being caught and then crucified by the authorities. None of them dared leave their hiding spots. The only disciples courageous enough to, to leave were women. That's right, ladies. That's right. 98% of men in this room are responsible right, have been saved by the glory of God through you, okay? Let's just, let's just be clear, right? I showed up to youth group when I was a kid, not for Jesus, right, but for Maria, who I liked, okay? And then God saved me, right? So these women, courageous, amazing, strong, powerful women, went to care for Jesus' body, To prepare him for burial. Luke 24, chapter 1. Are you ready? We've been in Luke for the last 17 years in this church, and we're going to land the plane today with the resurrection story. Let's read this together. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. Put some pepper on it. Let's read it together. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, prepared and went to the tomb. And when they found the stone, rolled away from the tomb, say, oh snap! This is not like a small stone, right? This is a massive stone, okay? Massive, huge stone. They fa- when entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. In, in, in John's Gospel, amen. In John's Gospel, we read that Mary thought that the gardener had moved Jesus' body, which I think is odd, right? The guy's there to mow and blow. He's like, oh, let's just move this guy out of the way and just... why would Mary think that right? I don't know but in Luke's passage the angel shows up to tell Jesus' resurrection the angel shows up he is not here he has risen he is. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. He tells everybody that four or five times in the Gospel of Luke. And finally, the light bulb goes off for these faithful disciples. The women believe they run back to tell the boys the good news. Ready? (laughs) Verse 9. Here we go. Oh, next slide, John. Here we go. Next slide. When they came back from the tomb they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. Remember Judas is dead, right? He'd been he betrayed Jesus, hung himself, bad news, right? Verse 10. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the others with them who told this to the disciples. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Every woman, every woman in this room knows that, right? You tell your husband something, he's like, "Huh?" I have a friend who, who had the garbage has been taken out every morning on Tuesday for 30 years, right? And every Tuesday morning, right, the husband forgets to take the garbage out, and and my friend says. Um, don't forget to take the garbage out. He's like, It was Tuesday? He's like, I've been telling you this for 30 years. It's fantastic. Anyways, of course, this sounded like nonsense. Resurrection sounds like nonsense. Why? Because people, too, living 2,000 years ago, were just as intelligent as you. Okay? Resurrection is not like a logical possibility in their mind. An amazing author and scholar Tom Wright, in his incredible work, The Resurrection of the Son of God, provides incredible historical resources, proving that in the ancient world, through different literature, the majority of people thought resurrection was just hocus-pocus nonsense, right? If somebody were to come back from the dead, it would be like the movies that we have today, right? They would either be a ghost or a zombie or some sort of crazy, magical, mystical experience. But then something crazy happened. In one moment in world history, all of these different ideas about what resurrection looked like got transformed and now everybody on planet Earth since that time understands that resurrection is when you were once thoroughly dead and now you are thoroughly alive. And the only reason why historically we have that idea is because it actually happened. Does that make sense? So... Resurrection is when someone who is thoroughly dead becomes thoroughly alive because a brand new life has been created. And it's, just, it's not just that the idea changed. The only way to explain the growth of Christianity at the peak of not only Israel's power, but also Rome's power, is if the resurrection is true. You don't lay down your life in the Colosseum for a faith built on wishful thinking. Right? When the plague hits Rome's and there are no professional health care workers employed to take care of people in a pandemic and everybody in Rome flees and only the Christians stay behind, you don't stay behind giving your own life for the sake of strangers and people who hate you if your faith and the resurrection of Jesus is just a nice idea. You don't love your neighbor and die doing so if God is just a myth or a nice thought. Forgiveness is absolutely empty in just sort of wishful thinking, if the tomb still has a body in it. It's good intention, but there's no power in forgiveness. Hope is meaningless if death and defeat can, if death can defeat hope. Does that make sense? Yes. Your God is impotent. if the government can crush his body and his claims. WITH TWO STICKS AND THREE NAILS. RIGHT? BUT THAT'S NOT WHAT HAPPENED. (laughs) No, Christianity went from 11 fearful men and 4 courageous women to 20 ma- 25 million spirit-filled followers of Jesus in only 200 years. Why? There's only one explanation. The resurrection of Jesus actually happened. Jesus has risen. Amen. Yeah, Andy, you say, okay, fine. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead, but resurrection doesn't, like, doesn't resurrection happen like when we die and go to heaven? That, that's when resurrection happens? What difference does this make to me now? I'm not dead. Who <laughs> oh, but you are. Even if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, there's still parts in your life that are dead as a doornail. When the pandemic hit and we finally came out of lockdown, a new couple joined our church, Daniel and Echo. Daniel was struggling with addiction. He'll tell you all of this. He was struggling with addiction and and, uh, he ended up taking drugs and having an overdose in his driveway. Fell down dead in front of his house. Echo looked out and saw Daniel on the pavement, came out. Didn't know how long he'd been dead, it'd been minutes. Screamed, cried, called 911. 911 came, paramedics came, Daniel would not respond, they declared him dead, some random guy from Kentucky is on vacation in Pismo Beach, walking down the street, sees all of this taking place, walks up to Echo and says, what's happening, says, my husband is having an overdose, he's dead, he's been dead for minutes, I don't know what to do, and this guy says, well, let's just pray, and they placed their hands on Daniel's chest, because the paramedics had given up, and they said, Jesus bring Daniel back to life, and Daniel set up. And it wasn't just that Daniel was resuscitated or revived, right? In that moment in his life, he became completely free of all of, adi- all of his addictions. In that moment in his life, faith was downloaded into his heart. And he'll tell you his life has completely transformed. Talk to his kids. Talk to his mom. Talk to his aunts and uncles who go to this church. Daniel's life is completely revolutionized. And many of you have the same story. You were stuck in your rebellion or addiction. You were stuck in that resentment or doubt. You were stuck in your selfishness or entitlement or your your despair or your self-loathing. And you prayed dangerous prayers. You prayed for Jesus to to take away all of this death and for him to bring life into your heart and it's worked. Amen. And we are here because we've been resurrected and are being resurrected by Jesus one little step at a time. Now, maybe this isn't you today. Maybe you're new or or you've been coming to this church and you're like, oh, I, you know, that's nice. I like this. But you've never taken the step to pray and trust and ask Jesus to restore you, and the good news is, the disciples—these eleven knucklehead, ragtag, bob-tailed, doubting men—can totally relate. In Luke's dis- gospel, the disciples are still huddled in a room with doors locked, terrified they're going to be crucified next. But then the reports keep on coming in that Jesus is alive. The one kid in the youth group, John, he's fifteen meets Jesus. And they're like, oh, he's a kid, whatever. The women, ah, it's nonsense. And then Peter shows up, and they're like, maybe. And then then these two guys, disciples, who were skipping town, I mean, they were running for their lives to this little town called Emmaus. They meet Jesus, and they come back, and they're like, he's he's back, he's back. And then they're all like, ah, probably not. Um, and then everyone in that room, all at the same time, their brains explode when this happens. Read with me, verse 36. Ready? While they were still talking about this, Jesus him st- stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Right? They're talking. I don't know if Jesus is real. Jesus is like, Here I am. Right? And they were startled and frightened. Yeah, the door's still locked. Right? They're thinking they saw a ghost. Next slide. Read this with me. He said to them, why are you troubled? <laughs> it was good. And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And there's, I mean, it's, you know, Thomas is touching him, right? I'm like, everybody's like, hmm When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. I love this. This is fantastic. This is us. This is you and me. Next slide. And while they still did not believe it, he asked them wait, 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 wait. If Jesus showed up in your living room, (laughs) right? And he's like, touch me. And you're like, oh, that's cool, but you're probably not here. (laughs) What? This is the best part. This is. Here's the avalanche of evidence that Jesus provides. I love this. Ready? He says, do you have anything here to eat? (laughs) Right? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. Why does he do this? Why? Because y'all are not convinced that he's alive. I'm not convinced that he's alive. There's still the places that I'm dead in my life and in my heart. Right? Where I will diminish myself. I will push myself down. I'll say, that blessing is not for me. I'll say, I can't pray that way. I can't serve that way. My faith is too small. My prayers really don't work. All of those are places of doubt and death in my life. They're lies from the pit of hell. I still don't believe that God really is real. He really does love me, and I could have new resurrection life. Amen? Amen? Can you at all relate with me? Yes. Awesome. I'm not alone. And we need more and more and more evidence in our life that Jesus is alive. Talk to the, junior five, uh, the 25 junior hires in, in our youth group and, and talk to Zed about the dangerous prayers that they're writing down and, and the work that they're doing. And 23 out of 25 of our junior hires don't believe in Jesus, right? right? There's Ronnie and then, and then my son Levi. that's it. That's the only two Christians in our youth group, isn't that? Isn't that awesome? A bunch of kids who don't know Jesus come to our youth group, and you know what they're doing? They're starting to write prayers down. And they're starting to pray prayers down. And you know what's happening? The prayers are getting answered. That's right, they're getting answered. And all these kids, their lives are changing. They're going, maybe this God is real. Yeah, He's real. Jesus is risen. He can change your marriage, He can heal your cynicism, He can rescue you from your doubts. Because Jesus has risen in your heart, you can be healed one room at a time. And don't lament that the process is slow. You want an avalanche of God's love and faithfulness and victory to be slow and gentle. Why? Because God doesn't maul you with his love. That's good news, by the way. God invites you to offer your heart bit by bit when you are ready. Trust And vulnerability with God is built slowly and gently, not forcefully. Every resurrection story in the Gospels is so incredibly beautiful because none of the disciples have any clue what's going on at all. Fifty days later, when the Holy Spirit finally shows up and Pentecost happens and all of the believers are filled with the Holy Spirit, which is present in this room right now, when they pray, their prayers are answered. When they confess and forgive each other, they're healed. Their own hearts and other hearts start to change at dramatic rates. Their worship and times of prayer literally fill the room with God's glory and it shakes. And then listen to what this murderer has to say. Paul says, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want to know Christ and yes, to know the power of his resurrection. This is written by a guy that professionally killed Christians. And what would we say about these kinds of people, right? They're in our prison systems right now in the state of California. What would we say about them? They're never going to change. People don't change. Hogwash in Christ you can be resurrected. This is what Easter is all about. Benjamin Franklin uh, was a printer by trade. He printed books and newspapers. After one Easter, it seemed Franklin was moved by the hope of the resurrection. And in his own newspaper, he wrote an article. It's basically an ep- his own epitaph, what they would write on his tombstone. He wrote this. The body of Benjamin Franklin, printer, like the cover of an old book, its contents torn out, And stripped of its lettering and gilding lies here, food for worms. But the work shall not be wholly lost, for it will, as he believed, appear once more in a new and more perfect edition, corrected and amended by the author. Franklin is absolutely right. This is exactly what Jesus does. He doesn't wait for eternity to do it. He starts doing it right now. Now here's the tragedy of Benjamin Franklin. He lived another 15 years after he wrote this, and from all accounts of his writings, 15 years later, he did not believe a word of what he just wrote. Why? Because I don't think Franklin really believed that Jesus rose from the dead. Max Lucado writes this, the bodily resurrection means everything. If Jesus lives on only in spirit and deeds, he's but one of a thousand dead heroes. But if he lives on in flesh and bone, he is the king who pressed his heel against the head of death's snake. And what he did in his own grave, he promises to do in yours, which is to empty it. Amen. Amen. So this morning, entrust and and trust your life to the hero of Easter. Believe in Jesus who declared this, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever believes in me will never die but live. Amen. Would you pray with me dangerous prayers right now? Are you sure? I don't want to cajole you or manipulate you. There's a choice. Would you pray with me dangerous prayers? Oh, Lord Jesus. Resurrect our hearts. Resurrect my heart. From the worship to the videos to the sermon, God, that we, the, the point has been made over and over and over again that there's a dead spot in our heart, and you, Holy Spirit, have pointed that out to us six different times now, God. And so now we do business with you, Jesus. Forgive us. Forgive me, God. Deliver me from this bondage. Resurrect me. As we breathe in, Lord Jesus, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Renew us. And thank you, God, that you're going to do this work when we're in the waking and in the sleeping so that we can't take credit for it. All glory goes to you, Lord Jesus, for you are risen You are risen indeed. You've defeated death and the power of sin for us and our sake. And we love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you, Jesus. And all God's beloved saints said Amen. Amen. I want to invite the worship team back.
0: Pastor Andy Rock is the senior pastor of Coastal Community Church. It's located in Grover Beach, California, and serves communities across the Central Coast. Join us online each week on Sunday morning at 9 a.m. for our weekly live stream. We also have two in-person services at 9 a.m. and 1040 a.m. in our sanctuary. Coastal Community Church is located at 1830 Farrell Road, Grover Beach, California. For more information, visit our website, www.mycoastal.org. Thanks for joining us, and I hope you have a great week.